today on the Blue Cord Podcast. God is calling us all to know Him and to make Him known. So how do we find the courage to do it when our coworkers might be canceling us or when our neighborhood flips and all of a sudden all of our neighbors are Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist? How do we find the courage and the words when we meet them at our mailbox to start a spiritual conversation that might lead to Jesus? Anybody struggle with that right now? Absolutely, you are completely normal. If you're like most women I know, you want to trust the Lord and fearlessly share Jesus. Yet something holds you back. Maybe you're struggling to navigate our culture. Maybe you wrestle with fear or lack skills. Maybe it's easier to stick in your comfort zone and keep your mouth shut rather than to talk about your faith, especially across cultures. That's what the Blue Cord Podcast is all about. I'm your host, Karen Bajani, and if sharing your faith has been hard for you and you long to be brave, strong, and courageous, this is for you. Women hold the keys to the faith of the next generation. And today, you're going to hear lots of incredible stories from everyday women who have pressed through the discomfort zone to share their faith in a hostile culture. Now, some of their stories will inspire you, and some of them will teach you, and some of them may challenge you, and some of them may even make you cry. But they will all bring glory to God. Now, I need you to know that these are not super Christians. These are everyday, ordinary women who have just learned to seek the Lord and make Him known. And so today, whether you're here in the room or you're joining us from live stream from all around the world, I just want to say thank you because we need one another to focus on and remember that we wield these keys to the faith of the next generation. Because it's in community that we can find inspiration, share stories of how God is at work, and give each other the moral courage to go out and share. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start with the very first story of the morning. And to do that, I'm gonna invite my husband, Renaud Bijani, to come join me on stage. Renaud, let's go ahead and start with this first story. All right, the first story is of a woman who made an impact. Now, her name is Salma. She was a secular Christian, born in the Middle East, raised in the Middle East, and she lived in Iraq when she was raising a family. When her son was born, she became a believer. Now, that's tough in a nation where less than 1% of the population is Christian and where sharing your faith could lead to death. But Salma knew she needed to fear God, not man, and she had a faith worth sharing. So she began sharing her faith, and she led other women to Christ and their families. Now, her son, growing up, wanted to, like a little boy, copy his mother. So at age four, he would go out and share his faith with whoever was listening on the streets of Baghdad, Iraq. And that got him kidnapped persecuted, and tortured. 
And the same thing kept happening to him over and over again throughout the Middle East and North Africa. But when they figured out what was going on, his parents sent him to the U.S. as an international student to get away from all that persecution. Well, coming here to the U.S., he walked away from the Lord. He was full of hate and anger, and he figured if God was real, he wouldn't have allowed all that persecution to happen to him as an innocent child. He walked away from the Lord, lived a sinful lifestyle, was married, divorced, kids. But Selma wasn't done yet. She didn't know any English, but she knew what was going on. So she immigrated to the U.S. She learned English. And she shared her faith with her grandkids. And in that process, God used her to woo her son back to the Lord. Selma is my mother. I am that son. And we founded I Hope Ministries. I am serving the God I once denied as an instrument of his redeeming love with the very people I once hated. That just shows how one woman can impact the next generation for Christ. And what's so special to me is if God can use my mother-in-law, a poor, uneducated woman who was a secular Christian living in the Middle East, to bring so many women and future generations for Christ, just think what God might do through each one of us in this room. God has been using women for over 2,000 years to expand his kingdom here on earth. And the interesting thing is they spread that gospel through incredible persecution and horrible pandemics, far worse than what we've experienced the last couple years. And now it's our turn. We are central to God's story right now. And just like Queen Esther in Old Testament times, God put you here for a purpose, and that is to know him and make him known. Doesn't get any simpler than that. Know him and make him known. And so we are now facing the threats of our day, threats like 24-7 messages that promote godlessness, hypersexualization, greed, war. These are the threats that we're facing in our generation. And everywhere we turn, it seems right now, Christians are being hated, shunned, canceled. Well, Jesus told us it would be this way. We are living in the end times, in the latter days. And right here in the U.S., we're becoming a post-Christian nation. As a matter of fact, only about 6% of Americans now have a biblical worldview. Eight out of 10 people around you outside are not followers of Jesus anymore. And then the nations haven't heard. We haven't sent enough numbers out there to the nations. So the Lord has brought the nations right here. As a matter of fact, about 96% of the world's nations have a representative right here. So whether they're coming as immigrants, international students, as refugees, they don't know about Jesus. And God wants us not only to know him, but to make him known. So this is, to me, the greatest gospel opportunity in the history of America because God has brought the nations here. Yet, most Christians don't share their faith. They don't go outside of their bubble. Sometimes they tell us that they just lack the courage 
the confidence or the know-how to do it. There is hope. There's absolute hope. And that's why our ministry exists, to come alongside the church, to inspire and empower everyday Christians, just like all of us, to walk out the doors and share our faith, especially across cultures. Now, we've been doing this since 2011, and we've, at this point, emboldened tens of thousands of everyday believers, and they have helped many people come to faith. And now it's our turn. Today, we're here to embolden each one of you. So, Renaud, God is calling us all to know Him and to make Him known. So how do we find the courage to do it when our coworkers might be canceling us or when our neighborhood flips and all of a sudden, all of our neighbors are Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist. How do we find the courage and the words when we meet them at our mailbox to start a spiritual conversation that might lead to Jesus? Anybody struggle with that right now? Absolutely. You are completely normal. I struggle with it too every day. And I don't know about you, because I struggle with it every day, it brings me great hope to know that Israelites struggled with stuff like this too. Yeah, in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, they definitely struggled. God gave them the promised land. He had already shown them his great power, but yet they were afraid to take possession of it. And they held back. And even though he was sending them reminders constantly of who he is, who they are in him, what he's called them to do. And even though our God is a loving God, he's also a holy and just God, righteous God. So he made Israel wander in the desert for over 40 years because they wouldn't follow through into their calling and at one point, God in Numbers asked Moses, how long will they not believe me? It's easy for us to read Numbers now today and think, shame on them. <laughs> but we struggle with the same things. We struggle with the same things, don't we? And I think you shared about Numbers 37. So what I want to talk about right now is this little tassel here, this little blue cord tassel that Renaud mentioned in the book of Numbers. It's such a powerful symbol. When I was doing research for my book, The Blue Cord, and I came across this passage in Numbers 15, 37, the verse seemed to shimmer on the page. And so I dove in deeply on the commentary and I realized that it's way bigger than I could have imagined. In fact, it blew my mind. So it inspired a book and it inspired this conference and a podcast, and it's inspiring a movement to help come alongside everyday Christian women and change the way they think and feel so that we can make him known among the nations that live right here. So here's why this is important. And Renaud, you already mentioned it. I want you to just firmly entrench this in your mind because we live in a post-Christian world, number one. Number two, because Islam is growing at a rate of two and a half times the rate of Christianity worldwide. And number three, most everyday Christians around the world are not sharing their faith. And so, ladies, if we don't find the moral courage to share our faith in our generation, we'll be reliving the book of Judges when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And I don't want that for future generations, do you? As far as sharing her faith, Karen wasn't always like that. 
So when we first met in 2010, she actually married me. I told her I was going to break out into a song. She said, no. I was going to say, well, all right, then I won't. But God is good. She married me. And so our first international trip together, I took her to the Middle East to meet a missionary that was living in a building that was infiltrated by ISIS. Karen hadn't even seen anybody share their faith outside of the church growing up. She hadn't seen anybody model that for her yet. I took her over there. She, <laughs> she took saw... me over there within a year of being married. It was like our honeymoon. He took me to ISIS territory. Who does that? <laughs> She's still married to me. You know, I was so excited to meet Norma. This was a great adventure in my mind's eye. She was a missionary who lived on the outskirts of the city. We weren't going to go in the city. We were just going to pick her up on the outskirts. And she was in this city that was infiltrated by ISIS. And there was always this threat of war looming all around. And it was a lonely place to be for a single Christian female missionary because most of the other Christians had fled. So I couldn't wait to meet her until our driver took a wrong turn and we ended up right in the heart of the city, surrounded by heavily armed men with machine guns and looked like Osama bin Laden. And it was the most terrifying moment of my entire life. I had a full-scale meltdown. All of the mascara was running off and I was shaking and I couldn't even breathe. And that's when I met Norma. Here's the thing. When you don't walk with Jesus regularly and deeply, it's a moment of reckoning. And this was my moment of reckoning because I went into that city spiritually weak and naive. And I was feeling all the repercussions because when I was in full-scale meltdown, Renaud was thrilled. He was singing, Jesus loves me. He was giddy. And I thought, I want what he has. I want what he has. So it was this moment that we went into Norma's apartment and she opened the door and she took one look at my hot mess. And she embraced me and said, welcome to God's house. And then she handed me tissue after tissue and coffee after coffee to get me calmed down. And so here's the thing, Norma had a faith worth sharing in a hostile culture. And it's that afternoon I spent with her, I realized I didn't have a faith that was worth sharing and I wanted what she had. Next time on the Blue Cord Podcast. We have to be courageous. God's word is sharper than two-edged sword. So why are we afraid? Some people don't want to offend others, but the message of the cross is offensive, even to us. So we might as well give them that slap and they will wake up. <laughs> you know. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen. To get more involved in The Blue Cord, start small. Read my book, The Blue Cord, and sign up now to get my e-newsletter at thebluecord.org.